Would you join me in a word of prayer? God of justice and of love, help us to feel your presence with us in this moment. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Peter was eating with Gentiles. Big deal, it's just food. We see this argument play out over and over again in the early church. Who's that eating with Peter? What are they eating? How could Peter do such a thing? Yeah, isn't he supposed to be a leader? Many Jews held biases against the Gentiles because they did not keep the same strict purity laws that Jews did and had for generations before. And let's be clear, I am not blaming Jews for anything here, but it's important to highlight this conversation of who is in and who is out, which has been a part of our Christian history right from the beginning. And this argument still happens today. So I'll ask you this question. Who is the Gentile to your Jew? It's LGBTQ Pride Week, and same gender-loving people are considered sinners by so many. Women aren't allowed to hold leadership roles in many denominations. People who consider themselves Christians try to keep others out of this country, others who are looking for a safe place to raise a family. People with darker skin are considered inferior. People who are or have been incarcerated don't deserve the same rights as the rest of us. When people are hungry, it's because of some fault of their own, but not because of a system that has failed them. I can go on and on. Even if we don't believe these statements, might we be perpetuating them by not acting? In today's scripture, we see that Peter used to eat with the Gentiles, but since decided to stop. And Paul, the writer of this letter to the Galatians, thinks that was the wrong decision. It seems that word of Peter's liberal behavior at Antioch has reached Jerusalem. So James sends word of the possible repercussions for his Christian brothers and sisters. Peter's practice of eating with non-Jews is making life more difficult for the Jerusalem church, which has a particular problem coping with the increasing passion of Jewish nationalists. It seems Peter made the decision to stop sharing meals with the Gentiles because he's concerned with the unity and peace of the church. Peter thinks it's better to abandon the common meals than to make life more difficult. Paul, on the other hand, sees the theological implications differently. Peter's separation from the table fellowship means that the Gentile Christians can only be considered second-class citizens. If they want to eat with Peter and other Jewish Christians, 
then they will have to get themselves circumcised and become Jews. But the unity of the church would then be based on circumcision and law rather than on the gospel of grace. And that is not God's justice. That is not God's love. That is not the good news of Jesus Christ. That is not our faith. In accepting Jesus, we are called to accept those who Jesus accepts. Theologian Charles B. Kauser says, faith is never intended to be a possession people can have to guarantee their status, like a membership card or even a birth certificate. It is God's gift which must be constantly reappropriated. Thus, despite all human efforts to the contrary, it cannot be mastered, controlled, or manipulated. There is no way to claim it so as to put God in debt, as if God owes a special blessing or peculiar care to those who believe. There are so many ways to approach that quote, but what's been on my mind is hunger. Why are so many people hungry? There's a constant flow of people in and out of the church office during the week coming for food cards. We've had about 40 to 45 different people who have come, including some of our very own church members, which we give $25 stop and shop food cards to on a first come, first serve basis, 15 every month. When I think about how many people are actually coming, it becomes clear to me that even in this community, hunger is a real problem. And food is a basic human need. So I got to thinking, $25 a month can't get you very much. That's about $6.25 a week. So I took a walk around the neighborhood and I looked at what $6 can get you. $6 at Stop and Shop got me a bag of rice, a bag of beans, and a bunch of bananas. Maybe enough for five meals. I didn't want to spend the $3 it would have cost to buy a box of Stop and Shop brand Cheerios or a loaf of bread because that would have been half of my budget. And I definitely didn't want to spend the $3.29 that it costs to get a dozen eggs. And I absolutely did not want to spend the $4.99 a pound it costs for the cheapest cold cuts I could find in the Stop and Shop deli. It's cheaper to buy groceries that you have to cook than it is to buy ready-to-eat foods, though. So then what if you don't have access to a stove? So, $6 at Dunkin' Donuts, the most readily accessible place to get something to eat and drink around the Boston area, will almost get you half a dozen donuts, or it might get you something like this. A coffee and a breakfast sandwich. One meal. And at the Chinese restaurant, it won't even get you an appetizer. A report from the Brookline Community Foundation found that Brookline is experiencing a substantial increase in people who are struggling to cover their basic needs 
including food, housing, utilities, and health care. Many residents who are above the poverty line by federal standards are struggling, and Brookline's public agencies and emergency relief organizations face more requests for support than they can accommodate. This is why we give out these food cards, and we give them to anyone who comes and asks. It's easy to give money when there's a photo of cute children eating snacks. And many people can get behind meal programs for seniors. But who says, I want to pay for groceries for the Hispanic mother who can't speak English, but she still needs to feed her family? Here, we say what we do for any stranger, we do for God. And we give these food cards out without conditions to those who are soft-spoken and filled with gratitude, and to those who just want to get the card and get to the grocery store. But that's exactly what today's scripture is about, grace for everyone, without conditions. So again, who is the Gentile to your Jew? Perhaps it's the man in the middle of the street coming up to your car asking for money to buy food whose stigma is his social brand. Through all the world, a hungry Christ. The lyrics are so heavy, singing it might even feel depressing. But hunger is a reality faced by so many. And there's a hunger beyond food. When we give out these food cards, it shows that we're willing to be generous without qualification, without judgment, from one hungry human to another. God understands our hunger and our suffering, and God is with us in our suffering. The scripture says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. It is about God's gift of grace in and through Jesus Christ, which made Jew and Gentile one people on the same footing. It means each and every person should have enough. We cannot just allow things to be the status quo because we don't want to cause trouble. We cannot deny these principles when human rights are at stake. Paul is saying we are alive to God and must sometimes fight the law in order to promote God's grace. We need to trouble the waters in order to heal. What does it mean to live as one in whom the crucified Christ lives? It means that we're willing to both recognize injustices and fight them. Whether it be marching in LGBTQ pride or giving out food cards to our neighbors. To know that all of this is more than just food. It's about just food. From Deuteronomy to the prophets, 
to the Psalms, the Gospels, and to these letters, God calls us to feed one another. It's great that we get to nourish our spirits here, but this cannot be the end. What happens after you leave this church? Will you go home to just dinner? Or will you go home hungry for more? Service does not end when we leave this sanctuary. That is when it begins. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Let us take the light of Christ out of this sanctuary. Let's feed the world. May it be so.